0: This week, the obvious question is, how much stuff is enough? I'm Mike Carvisano, and each week, one of those, Joe Bertalek, Bob Meyer, or myself, asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer on the surface. Once we get into it, there's much more underneath, and we invite you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. And hey, if you like your show, we sure hope you do like the show. Please share it, or give us a review on iTunes, or wherever you're listening. So this week... Joe wonders about the things we accumulate and asks, how much do we need? What stuff matters the most to us? And at what point does it become a burden? It feels timely to ask ourselves about the things we own because we all know sooner or later, we're going to have to give it up someday. So are we okay leaving
1: our friends and family members to deal with it? So I have a question for you guys for this week. Um, you know, We had recently had a member, a family member pass away and I'm sure, you know, you guys and other people have had, I know some of you have had that experience where, you know, in some ways you're responsible for what happens after the fact, you know, after the death, you know, if it's a sibling or a parent, whatever like that, they tend to have stuff and and sometimes lots of stuff. And you ask yourself this question, you know, how much stuff is enough? Or, you know, George Carlin used to make a joke about, you know, stuff and having a place to store your stuff and you know, all, all these kinds of things. And it made me think about my own life and my own stuff. You know, if I look around the room I'm in right now or look around my house or, you know, what I've got, I have more than I need, certainly. And yet I'm not removing any of it. I'm h- kind of hanging on to it. You know, we we talk at times about uh, memories and, and looking at like old pictures or old uh, movies. My parents had a black and white camera back in the 60s and 70s, and they took Every now and then they took a picture and they put an album together. It's almost like 20 pages, I think. That's a lot, I mean, for pictures of us growing up. Heck, I've got 20 pages of my grandkids from yesterday you know, that I never look at. But somehow the the stuff that they accumulated back then probably was as, as much of a burden as some of the stuff is for us today. But because it's so easy to accumulate and we've got so much room, we continue to do this where we add more and more stuff. And I, I noticed my wife carries around a couple of pictures of our grandchildren and she shows those to everybody the 10,000 we have or the 20,000 we have they're out on the computer they just sit there and i keep taking them she keeps taking them together we we have a, a, a vault of pictures stuff if i look around the room books and things a lot of stuff so my question is is what do you do i mean and what do you do now it's it's one thing to wait until you're gone what were you thinking if somebody said what were you thinking at this point when you know just prior to when you died. Maybe you weren't, maybe you were in a car accident or something like that and you, someone gets to clean up your stuff. But what if you looked at it today and said to yourself, what am I doing right now? And what do I hope to do? Why am I accumulating more things? What what matters here? And particularly in the case of, I'll say pictures or, or something, Bob, you're talking about taking videos of your kids at one point. And, uh, you know, how often will you look at them? How much time will you spend with them? You know, this whole idea about stuff can be a real burden. I wonder what you guys think about that. you know, when we moved
0: to Italy, uh, we got, it was a surprise to move to Italy. We didn't know, you know, a year before we did it, we didn't know we were going to do it. So we were certainly in the business of collecting everything we possibly could. Right. We were sort of that sort of very typical mindset. Right. But then getting rid of it all for a, a move from a typical American house to a kind of a, you know, uh, in comparison a very small apartment it was a nice apartment but it was very small compared to a typical american you know house Uh, so we had to get rid of tons of stuff and we didn't want to pay for a big store so we got rid of a ton of stuff and there was a lesson learned in being there and living in a much smaller space you didn't want to buy a lot of stuff because you didn't have anywhere to put it you know like like it stuff became uh, different you know or, or the belief about the stuff you had became different i think I think we learned to value uh, what we had more than we had previously, and we learned to uh, only purchase something if we really, really liked it, really wanted it, we saw it as something worth having. Right now, this is different because you know, pictures, uh, especially on an iPhone or in the cloud, or you know, I, I pay ninety-nine cents a month, for, you know, for more pictures than again I'll ever, I'll ever look at. But I still think that I. I look at it a little bit differently. Uh, even, even now I, I don't find myself buying stuff, buying a lot of clothes, buying a lot of, you know, buying a lot of anything, you know, unless I really see value in it. Right. And I think, I think being conscious of that is important for me nowadays, but I also can see totally screwing it up or, you know, going back to the old way, you know, getting sucked back into it of wanting stuff. You know, I think, uh, Hold on a second. Let me get my soapbox out. Here we go. All right. (laughs) I think one of the problems we have in in America is that we've got things like Target and Walmart and and Best Buy and, you know, the amount of choice you have. If you want a watch, right, the amount of watches you could possibly choose from are endless. I mean, it's endless. And if you go to select one, you almost, they're all the same, right? But then you still kind of... It's there's nothing special about it anymore. You know, there's no satisfaction in in that this is something I really value and want. It's just another thing. Or like the new version of the iPhone. It, does it really do something that me? You know, I need I need to have that's really going to do something. No, but I still feel compelled to have that stuff. I think our culture sort of jams it into us that the things you own are equitable, equitable. Equatable to to who you are they paint a picture of who you are and I think that is utter nonsense I think that's a a real problem Uh, And I think it's a real problem because I've recognized it in myself that I've done that and it feels crappy and And I feel better when I don't do that (laughs) So I'll get my soapbox, you know put it away now. Let Bob Mm. talk but uh, Yeah, I'm uh, I'm stuffed, guys. I mean,
2: I think maybe the three of us are a little bit different, maybe than the norm. I don't know. I, I, I like to think of myself as more of a minimalist. You know, I, I even my office and things like that. Uh, clutter bothers me, and and it's not the clutter aspect of it. It's the stuff. I, but I will give you a a short condensed history of. Um, the cycle of stuff because I think it depends on where you're at in your life. I can remember when I first moved to Georgia and I'm this young single guy going from apartment to apartment. Who is my best friend? The dumpster. The dumpster is my best friend. I threw out a lot of stuff. And it was stuff from like my parents, my sister, nostalgic stuff. But I didn't care. I was like I'm not not freaking moving this shit, you know, from one apartment Mm. to the next. So my stuff got smaller and and like think about when you were a teenager, right? Like like if you could almost envision back, like whether you were a girl or a guy, what was in your room? Yeah, maybe you had like some concert posters and maybe like some like dolls or or. And then you outgrew that stuff, right? Even my kids, they had like my, Bailey used to collect uh, like stuffed animals. Talk about stuff! She had stuffed animals, and it was like how many stuffed animals she could mass—hundreds, thousands. Well, where are they now? They're 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 all donated, right? I mean, it's like they're gone. Like, will she wonder where they are at one point? It's like, I don't know. I I focus on what's in my head. Well, continuing on the cycle of stuff, that period of my life, it changed when I had kids, right? Because then it wasn't, for me, it wasn't material stuff. Like, I got to have the right house, the right car. It was like, I got to have more pictures. I got to have more video. I need to leave a legacy for my children. What if something happens to me? Like, they need this stuff and that stuff. And then, lo and behold, later on, you know... Uh, my my parents are deceased, right? My dad's gone, and I don't, I mean, it doesn't bother me as much, probably because of the relationship I had with him, which wasn't that great, that I worry, like, I don't have a lot of stuff from him. But I remember stuff growing up, and I wonder, where is this stuff? Like, his, you know, he was in the Korean War. He had all all these books from the Korean War, like, you know, like pictures of his, you know, friends from the war, and, and all these journals and books and photo albums. I don't even know where they are. And then my mom passed away, somebody that I'm really close to that lived with us here in Georgia. And here I sit in my office with her stuff in my office. Like there's a box, like I can reach out and touch it that has papers in it. Now, I've gone through that box a number of times. You go through this cycle of stuff where it's like, ah, i got to get rid of this. Throw this out. These are like credit cards that she had. Like I can throw those out. But then there's papers in there and like what did she save? But for me, it, I, I go through it. Periodically. Maybe I'll go through it later today because it brings up, it's almost like smelling a rose kind of thing, or like it's, I can remember my mom. She's back in the room because I can go through her stuff. And that's where I boil it down to. Maybe I I like to hike for a reason and and camp because it gets me to the point where I got to condense all my stuff into a little bag, right? If I'm going to go out there in the mountains and this is it, guys, this is it, I'm not coming back. What's important to me that I want to carry in that bag, and that's what everybody maybe should think about is you're only allowed one bag you know it could be a ziploc bag, it could be a backpack or whatever what stuff would you fill in that bag and, it, and it's changed for me over the course of my life you know like what were my house burned down, what stuff would I grab it's it's a cool question, but you know for me it's it's the little little things and maybe I'm not the judge of what my stuff is, my kids are the judge of what the stuff is. But I know it gets back to what's important in your life, and it's not this material stuff that's all around me. It's the things that I think people are going to say, oh, my God, look at this. Like, like I've got this silly little thing that I carry around in my backpack, and it's it's this, right? It's a duck head. It came off of a soap dispenser. It's just a head of a duck. But I've had it for 25 years, and I just carry it around. It's called my lucky duck head. I have a feeling that my kids would want this. This is who Bob is—this fun-loving guy that carries around a, a head of a duck. Why? You know, I don't know. All right, there, there you go. All right, so that wraps up the short history of the cycle of stuff
1: from my perspective. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I, I don't it. have a new <laughs> yet,
1: but I, I do have a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it's funny, I, listening to you, Bob, it's hysterical how much I do the same kind of stuff and how I even say the same things. I hear this from people all the time that, you know, I clean the place up. I have less stuff where I I went to this place and, you know, stayed there overnight and I didn't have anything with me. It was great. You know, I go camping. I have a little camper. Um, and when I'm out in the woods, I think to myself, everything I need is right in this camper. You know, and it's, it's, it's 18 feet. I mean, it's got a couple of knives a couple of forks a plate you know that kind of thing where why do i need a complete set of anything yeah i guess company comes over you know you need something like that there are some things you need but i think what we've done is and and i think i think i'm seeing it more clearly now as i'm getting older i'm seeing people die as we have the idea that this stuff has value to everybody That somewhere I'm going to pass this on or I can't wait to see my grandchildren playing with the toys I played with when I was younger or that kind of stuff. And I don't have any of that. My parents didn't keep any of that stuff. My wife did. And she has the old metal um, high chair for the little doll, the old metal uh, bed, you know, with the sharp points on the end of it. And all the stuff that will kill kids. They killed them back then. We didn't know it. We weren't paying attention to it or something. Kids were getting maimed and injured. Well, we kept that stuff forever. And I remember... Years ago, Carol, when we had our first grandchildren, about 10 years ago, a little more than that, we grabbed all this stuff out of the attic and brought it down thinking, this is the gift of the ages. This is 1940-something, 50-something stuff. We brought it down, and we, we were cutting our hands on the edges of it. It's ridiculous, as it And everything had a metal edge. You know, it's tin or whatever it was made of back then. And we're thinking, and certainly my wife is thinking, family heirloom handed down from the ages. Well, maybe for a museum or something. You'd yeah. never give this to a child. Yeah, that's a painful. Halloween. That's a Halloween decoration. We have. one. Christie actually has
2: one of those things you're talking about, and we bought it at like a flea market, and we used it as like to put like creepy dolls in for Halloween.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it's for. But, but the idea that back, the memory of it, like you said, but that memory of pulling it out, and I played with this when I was a child, and you yeah, have have your your daughter-in-law look at you and say your parents were sick. I mean, they let you play with this as a child. It's like not realizing where things were back then. You know, the firecrackers were cool to, you know, throw and stuff like that, not realizing people got hurt. So I think to your point, Bob, on this stuff, we do accumulate it. We do have it, but the big thing is who wants it, you know? And, and I have one quick story. Um, my wife's cousin, um, bought this beautiful wooden ice box, you know, back from the 20s or 30s when they used to keep a block of ice in there, It's made out of oak and it was beautiful, just a beautiful piece of work. I mean, that she kept in the house, her husband refinished it. And just recently she was talking about downsizing. They're moving from a house to a condo and they're gonna get rid of a number of things and this prized ice box that the family has loved for years and years and years, she offered it to her children, she has four children. None of them want it. So she's saying, what am I gonna do with this ice box? Like, she's gonna to have to take it with her. Well, you can't take it with you, you know, that end result. So she's taking it intermediately with her. Maybe she'll put it in storage for a while. I don't know. I don't know what the outcome will be. But I'm thinking, how how do you get attached to stuff like that to such a point that the stuff actually owns you? You know, you don't own the stuff. It owns you. And you have to keep it clean and pack it here and move it there. Unlike you did when you were younger, Bob. When you moved from apartment to apartment, you could just throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Mm. So for some reason, we change. Something happens along the way, and our stuff becomes more important than anything. And yeah, when
2: you're saying that, it's weird to me that I just realized that maybe things have changed in terms of people collecting stuff. Because here in our county in Georgia, Forsyth County, one of the biggest concerns people have is there is a storage, um, you know, self storage unit area pretty much in every corner. And you know, this is a pretty affluent county, but that's what the biggest issue is like there's, 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 I count it at one time, and within a five mile radius, we have 12 self-storage container areas. And I've met a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to our storage unit. And I'm like, storage unit? Like, you guys have... These are people with big homes. This isn't like the inner city where, you know, house upon house upon house, and it's only like 1,500 square feet. These people have huge houses and basements and attics, but yet they still have all these storage containers. So I don't know. Is this an epidemic across, you know, at least the United States, that all these people have so much stuff, they got to store it somewhere else?
0: Yes, I think it's an epidemic across the United States. I a great man named Joe Batalik once said the <laughs> the quote to me: uh, "The wealthiest person isn't the one who has the most, but the one who lead who needs the least." And I stuck it yeah. has always stuck with me. And I, I mean, we I think we see it today. You know, there's a minimalist culture. You know, people that purposely like choose to live their lives with like I have a chair, I have a jacket. You know, and and you know, there's a great documentary on Netflix about it. Uh, it, and you also see the tiny house movement, people that, you know, buy these tiny houses. Why? I mean, they're, I think because they recognize, Joe, you said it so perfectly, y- you very quickly, you don't own the stuff. The stuff owns you. And, and I mean, I notice time and time again, people filming or taking pictures of their kids in a play or, or their, you know, we lived in Italy, you know, of like spending forever behind their camera and not in it. Not like really checking out the thing, not living the experience, not being in the moment, but like taking a picture so that they'll someday be somehow in the moment with it. You know, looking at a picture and missing the whole thing. You know, so yeah. my soapbox came right back out, didn't it?
2: Yeah, so <laughs>
0: forgive me for that. I'm sorry. Like, yeah,
2: I think like, of that. I think of that image you guys have seen where I think there's a parade going by and like every person. Every kid, every person has a cell phone out, and they're taking a picture. And then there's that one little old lady that's watching the parade, and and it's just the stark photo of wow, nobody's
1: in the moment except for her. She's the only one that doesn't mm. need stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, and I wouldn't. think what you guys said, t- totally agree. And, and as a final thought on this one, for myself, what I'll say is, I think something you said, Mike, about our culture, and Bob, you probably said it too in a different way, is our culture is is based upon stuff. It's based upon the whole capitalistic idea that more is better that buying 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 you know doing 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 is more important than being and to the woman standing by the parade she recognizes that being is what's really all it's all about being in the moment in the event alive while you're there not looking back at what's past or looking forward to the future you know taking the pictures you can remember or planning the trip you know for, for next year but being in that moment and i think for me one of the, the, if the biggest things, if you think about it, is if I can get by this whole idea, and this is going to sound totally anti-American, of, of buying stuff, capitalism, gross national product, you know, whatever those things are that drive us to go to the store and buy. I mean, the ads are very slick. You're, you're being advertised to every minute of every day by thousands and thousands of, of companies that want you to buy their stuff, because unlike other cultures that don't rely on that, our culture relies on that growth to continue to, to move forward. Without that, we lose everything in terms of our American ideal, which I don't think is so good right now in terms of of getting more stuff. And, and to me, I'd rather have the, the thing where I got the shirt. It works fine when the shirt is old, worked, whatever time to throw it out. Get the new shirt, get the new pair of shoes, not have 10 pairs of shoes just in case I need, you know, that brown suede with the something, something, something to match this something, something, something. That's not me. I mean, I don't want that anyway. But I think if we had a different view, we'd, we'd be more in the moment with it and not so so much about our stuff
0: yeah for my final thought i'm gonna choose something and i'm gonna throw it out today no i don't know you know i'm not gonna really do it. but, <laughs> but, but there, there's something to be said for you know periodically taking an inventory of what you really what you really need and getting rid of it because god god knows i don't want my my son having to go through all sorts of crap of mine and you know i want him to think of me you know and yeah. i don't want him to have to you know what the hell do
1: i do with this old jack
0: knife that dad uh, had you know well, you know or something stupid where did, you know what you get this yeah. and i have to
1: cut in mike just for a second one one of the things i heard years ago that was interesting is if you do get something new t- throw out two things in order to get something in you have to throw out two things eventually you'll get down to the right number yeah. sorry about no, <laughs> I, no, no, no.
0: I think that sounds good i'll let bob go
2: yeah, yeah i would just say you know for everybody take maybe taking an inventory of your stuff and the other thing i noticed in this uh podcast is I love this new word stuff I I, I think if we go back I think the word stuff was said over 500 times stuff 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 <laughs> stuff, stuff stuff so you know think about stuff and you know I, I don't think you have to throw it out but I think if you can cleanse yourself there is there is kind of like a good at least for me there's a good feeling and be able to give stuff away to somebody else that can actually cherish it and um, you know and I know there's other stuff that you know I, I think I'll have with me to the day I die that you know it, it means a lot to me uh, but I think if you make that, make your top 10 list, that, that would be my, you know, to do for everyone. If you can do that and then focus on that and maybe the other stuff just really doesn't matter.